When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? All right, welcome into the Auburn Live show. Appreciate everybody joining us. Uh, make sure you go to auburnlive.com and subscribe if you haven't already. I think it's 50% off right now, so take advantage of that. Auburn Live. It's a good time to do it. Obviously, a lot of uh, football happenings, but more importantly, basketball getting going here uh, in a in less than a week exhibition wise. And then first game November 7th. And we are joined by assistant head coach um, Stephen Pearl or assistant coach. Guys, what's up, man? What's up? What's up? How's it going, man? All is well over here. How you doing? Good, man. Ready for basketball to get going. I think a lot of Auburn fans are. Um Nine seasons, is that right? Are you entering? Have you been here nine or ten years now on staff? Yeah, we're, we're starting year nine right now, and it's it's kind of hard to believe every time you say it, but it's yeah, we, we finished up season eight and starting up season nine, so it's uh, it's been crazy. I mean, is it uh, how different is it now compared to when you know year one or two, just in terms of I don't know, whatever culture, vibe, like how smooth things are running? I mean, do you just think back to that time and it's like it's like night and day. It's like a different program or how different is it? I think the biggest thing that's changed is probably just the expectations. You know, every year, like we're working just as hard to try and put a product on the floor that, you know, obviously Auburn fans can be proud of. And, uh, you know, um, but the work hasn't changed. You know, it's, it's still, it's still a tough job in a really tough league. And uh, that's how it's always been. Um, but, you know, just to see where it started uh, when we first walked into that locker room and, you know, you looked at, at that roster at the time and KT Harrell is probably your only, you know, high major player on that roster. But you have, you know, you have a bunch of guys that have kind of been, you know, beat down and wanted to win. And uh, to see that team win 15 games, you know, make a little run in the SEC tournament, um, you know, to struggle for the next two years and then to see what it's done in the last five years. It has been kind of amazing. Um, you know, obviously, as we've continued to have success, the, the Auburn families, you know, stayed behind us and continue to support us. And, um, you know, to see obviously going undefeated in Neville arena last year to win three championships in the last five years, to see the support we've had on the road, you know, having a couple thousand fans on the road, when you go into Alabama, Mississippi state, Georgia, Ole Miss, like that, that that's Auburn basketball now. And that used to be something that Kentucky or Tennessee, and then those schools did, now we're doing it. And to see that, you know, come to fruition um, over the past eight years has been a really, really incredible thing. And it's been really, uh, it's really been enjoyable along the way. That's still surreal. I mean, I don't, I don't think Auburn fans will appreciate what's going on right now until, until it's over. Like, I think it's one of those things where you're in it and, and you just, it's still surreal to think about Auburn basketball has won a championship, regular season or tournament championship in three of the last five years. That, that is like you have to stop and, and think about that. The people that watched Auburn basketball in the, you know, the last 20 years or I guess 15 years or whatever until you guys arrived. I mean, it is almost unfathomable. I mean, there's no, if you would have asked anybody that paid attention 
a decade or more ago and said, hey, look, there's going to be a time here real soon where that's going to happen. I couldn't have imagined a scenario. I'd have been like, I don't, I don't almost don't, I almost think it's impossible. Yeah. I mean, you ask people like, you know, even people that we recruit were like, when, when you heard Auburn basketball eight years ago, would you have, you know, would you have guessed that we'd put, you know, uh, what we've, we've had four first rounders in the last six years, six guys drafted. We've, like we said, won three SEC championships in the last five years. We went to a final four. Like, think about that, you know, like, that 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 one right there is the one that kind of blows your mind. And you ask people that, you know, could you do you think that would have happened, um, you know, since we've been here? They'd all say no. You know, I mean, the expectation when we first got here, obviously, Auburn basketball needed to become relevant. That was really important to to Jay, to DB, to Doctor Goose. Like they said, we need to make Auburn basketball relevant. We need to get back to the tournament, you know, and have a competitive program again. And you know, but that wasn't enough for BP. BP is a very competitive. Um, you know, he's always been the best in the league everywhere he's been. Um, you know, this one took a little bit longer than some of his other, his other builds, but, um, you know, it's, it's been incredible. And I always say this to people, it's way more enjoyable to do that here because it's appreciated, you know, whereas at a lot of schools, it's expected, it's Mm -hmm. expected. It's Kentucky. It's expected at Tennessee. It's expected at Arkansas, right? It's expected at Florida. It's not expected at Auburn. It's appreciated starting to become expected though which obviously you know makes it makes the job a little harder but you know that that's what that that's what that's what it is at this point and that's what success brings and uh, obviously we're up for the challenge and we're trying to stay there you know we got it we've gotten a taste of it over the last five years and it tastes good so we, we want to try and keep it there yeah you talk about expectations and 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 yeah we i see it on our message board i see it on twitter um you know, you lose. I mean, here's here's where Auburn basketball is. You lose Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler, two first round draft picks that are you know having a great first week or so in the NBA, by the way. And you lose those two guys, and people on our board, Auburn fans, are like, "Well, anything less than twelve and six at conference is just that's a disappointing <laughs> season." And you're like, "I mean, wow. I mean, the expectations are are crazy. You're losing two first rounders, and people." I think they're still adjusting like basketball is kind of like baseball. Like you play more games. So man, 11 and seven in the league is like, that's a good record to me, but um, it's crazy. They're like 12 and six, you know, anything less than it's disappointing. So I'm like, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, I guess that's where it's at now. Yeah. Uh, you look at the league and the league's just gotten so much better that, you know, teams that will finish teams that could finish, you know, uh, nine and nine in the sec, can make it run in the NCAA tournament. So like, you know, the league is a, is a gauntlet and we won 15 games last year, which is hard to believe in, in a really good league. Uh, so, you know, this year that that's going to be a tall task because, you know, we have a really hard sec schedule this year. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it's something that we, you know, 12 and six, you know, it's something that we can do, but at the same time, we understand it's going to be difficult. You know, the, I think the biggest thing is you know, obviously understanding uh, what we've done over the last couple of years, but understand that, you know, we want to keep winning championships. That's just kind of what, what we want to do. And, you know, that's what we've been telling our guys. Um, And I think our guys believe in that now. So, um, you know, night in, night out, it's a grind, but we have to understand it is a long season. Um, And you got to understand, you know, Arkansas last year lost their first three games in conference play. And at the end of the year, like they were still in it, you know, so like examples like that got to understand you can't get too high. You can't get too low. Um, and just understand it's a grind through through 18 games. Yeah, especially when you have the home court that that, that Auburn has and Neville. I mean, you're 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 always going to be in it if people keep coming and showing up, and and you have the home court advantage that you do. I mean, as I was thinking about it yesterday, I'm like, man, if, if Auburn 
keeps just lose. You know, if you if you have that, those kind of records at home, you're you're always going to be in it. Um, it's such a it's such an insane atmosphere. Um, we'll talk about uh, let's talk about this team a little bit for people yeah. that um, are still getting to know. Right, you have a lot of guys coming back, but you got some new guys as well. Um, what's it shaping up to to be like? What do you think early on? It's still early. I think I think you're gonna. It's one of the things you're gonna find out a lot, obviously through them throughout the non conference, but. Early on, what do you think maybe the the qualities and attributes of this team are? What should people sort of expect or pay attention to? I mean, I think for us as a coaching staff, you know, we're, we're still looking for some separation amongst guys on the roster. And I know that you guys have talked about there are still a lot of questions to be answered as far as what this roster is going to look like. But I think what that speaks to is we have 12 good players that could all play, you know, maybe even 13 if you look at some of the, you know, some of the walk-ons, you know, you got – our best shooter is Chandler, you know, so like he could find a way to get out there because he's able to make shots, but we do have a lot of options uh, in our rotations. So I think as a, as a staff, we're looking for separation at certain positions to kind of see who's going to be out there. But like, as of right now, you know, guys have played well enough, uh, you know, backup and starter to, for us to be splitting, you know, 20 minute splits as far as, you know, starter and backup. And I think that's a good thing for us because our depth is going to be our strength this year. Whereas last year, you know, you looked at Jabari and Walker, those guys were our strength last year. And we really, we really relied on them heavily to, to produce for us. But I think this year it's going to be a different guy every single night. You know, you obviously have your returning guards, KD, Wendell, uh, Al, Zepp, Chris, you know, Lior, like those guys have got to step up to an added role. Um, but understanding that our new guys are, you know, are really good uh, this summer, you know, obviously Chance and, and Yoan and, and Janai and, and Trey all had really good summers. Uh, Chance obviously being a little dinged up right now, so that, that's a little bit of a setback for him. Um, but, I mean, we replaced, you know, the defensive player of the year and an All-American uh, in Jabari and Walker with probably two of the best guys that we could have found either in the portal or as a freshman with Yoan and Janai. Um, you know, both those guys are really good pieces that we added to an already deep you know, front court with Jalen and, and Dylan, you know, and those guys have continued to improve and continue to get better. So, um, you know, I think obviously our front court will be, will be really good again this year. You know, our back court, the biggest thing is guys got to make shots and that's going to be really important for us. You know, chance uh, our freshmen are probably two of our better shooters uh, in our, in our front or in our back court and chance not being out there kind of hurts because he shot, you know, mid to high thirties from three this year. Uh, but it's really going to be important for our guards to be able to knock down open shots this year. Um, obviously take care of the ball. I think defensively, we got a chance to be pretty good just because we're, we're going to play so many bodies. We're going to be fresh and we're going to be fast and we're going to be furious. And we have, you know, two of the better, two or three of the better on-ball defenders in Zep, KD, and Al that'll start our defense for us. That'll really, you know, pick up the tempo and, uh, you know, set the tempo for our guys. And then obviously having shot blockers on that back line to block shots, make plays. Um, but coach isn't going to allow guys to take off possessions. He's going to make guys play hard. That's how, that's what we've always done. We want to create some offense from our defense. So um, it, it's hard to really say who's going to stand out because I really think that we have 10 to 12 guys that could all, you know, contribute every single night. And it's going to be a different guy every single night that's going to have a big game. Yeah, Janai Broom's a guy that I think people, um, they're obviously maybe not super familiar. Maybe they've seen what he did at, at Moorhead State. Um, but he, he comes off to me like, I mean, he's – he might be your – I'm trying to think of low-post players in, in you know, while you guys have been at Auburn that can legitimately score, um, you know, have moves down there, 
uh, have the defensive presence that he does. I mean, why Austin was a different kind of player. He was a little yeah. raw. I mean, Janiyah to me is is maybe the most refined low post guy y'all have. Like, yeah, I just think he's going to be incredibly productive, and I can't wait for people to sort of see him. What What do you think are some of his best attributes um, on the offense and and defensive end and shot blocking too? Man, he was. Yeah. People talk about Kessler. Wasn't he third in the nation last year in shot? I mean, the guy can block shots. Yeah, on, on Ken Palm, Janai was like the seventh-rated shot blocker in all the country last yeah. year, and you know he he's kind of showed that in Israel and and obviously in practice so far. But Janai's a gamer, man. He he you know in practice he he does well in practice, but in the games is where he's really kind of shown his value and how good he is. But you're right. I think he's the best low block scorer that we've had since we've been at Auburn. He's the one 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 guy. Him and Jalen Williams are both really good with their back to the basket and making plays. Jalen obviously gets to his jump hook every single time and can shoot those floaters. But janai has got great footwork, and he's able to spin, use his body. He loves to get to his left hand. But even if you shut off his left hand, he's got moves to get back to his left hand. Um, so, you know, his, his, his footwork is really good. He's got great hands. He's got great touch around the rim. So, you know, obviously he's a guy that, you know, Auburn fans haven't seen us you know, post guys up late game when we need to get a bucket. Janai is going to be the kind of guy that will do that. And he makes free throws. So, you know, to have that threat this year will be a new look for us. And we obviously have to build some of our offense around that. Uh, But all of our bigs have done a really good job. You know, Dylan's done a much better job with his jump hooks. You know, Jalen's really good down there. Yohan is really good with the step-ins and finishing it around the rim. So I think we we have the best low post scoring that we've had and, you know, the nine years that we've been here will be this this year's team. So that'll be a nice added strength for us and something a little different. Yeah, I was going to ask. So, so I mean, you, you've got that going on, but then you've got uh, experienced guards coming back in, in Zepp and, and KD and Wendell. And then, of course, Chance, who's super talented, and, and Trey Donaldson, who'll play some minutes or whatever. So how do you – I mean, we know how you guys like to play up and down. And those guards, we, we know KD and Wendell. Those guys want to have the ball in their hand and create. Um, is there a, is there an adjustment for, for those guards? Like, Hey, we still want you to be you, but we do have these low post guys. How do we sort of mesh that together where we do work through them sometimes? And it's not always about you creating everything. How do you kind of, I guess, mesh those two styles maybe? Yeah, I think in transition, obviously, Katie, Wendell, uh, you know, those guys are going to have the ability, Al, uh, Zepp, Trey, Chance, they're going to have the ability in transition to be aggressive, right? Early offense is a good time for the guards to really get down the floor, be aggressive to either score or obviously advance past it and make the other let the other guards make plays. But when we get into our half-court sets, if you think about our half-court sets last year, a lot of our stuff was ran for Jabari, so really just insert some of your low post guys in those, in those, you know, actions that we'd run for Jabari. And you're really going to have the same thing. I don't think their roles are going to change too much. The one thing is he, obviously they're going to look at the scouting reports from last year and see what bothered our guards and our guards are going to have to understand that, you know, they're going to be guarded the way they were guarded late in the year last year. So what are the adjustments that we have to make? You know, we're going to have to get off the ball and ball screens a little more. We're going to have to pitch it ahead and transition, you know, because they understand that those guys are going to want to take tough shots, but they're going to make tough shots. So I don't think their roles are going to change that much. They just got to understand that, you know, we do have that added strength and all these guys want to win. So they're going to do what's best for the team. And um, not, I don't see their roles changing that much because for us to be good, those guys need to be aggressive. And that's, you know, that's the reason why we won an, an SEC championship last year is because guys like Katie, Wendell, you know, Zep, those guys won us games last year. Uh, people, people tend to forget that when we talk about last season's team. You know, they want to criticize some of the shots they took. No, they, they were making those shots all year long. 
uh, our whole team just kind of, you know, staggered offensively towards the end of the year. So for those, for us to be successful, those guys need to stay aggressive. Also while understanding we got some strength down low. Yeah. What have you seen from, from Wendell? We, we, we've written about him, obviously we saw, I guess the other days on the Bob Cousy uh, preseason watch list. Um, just obviously an extremely fun player. He's kind of now in a line of Auburn guards that are just fun to watch in their own way. Going back yeah. to Jared or, or, or McC Javon McCormick, who's probably very much underappreciated in this line of point guards. And then of course, Sharif was fun to watch. And then now um, uh, Wendell in his own way, just what, what does he bring to the table? How much fun is it to watch him? What's, what's the growth maybe been like from last year to this year where he seems like he's now kind of the point guard one, probably mm -hmm. going into the season where he didn't start many games last year that, but what's, how's he taken that on? Just kind of where's, where's he at entering this season? You think? Yeah. I mean, Wendell, obviously, you know, if you look at him, people will see him, he's changed his body. You know, he's slimmed down a little bit, quickened up. Uh, so really worked on that this summer. Um, you know, the offense, his offensive game is, is, is what it always is. You know, he's always had a chip on his shoulder, you know, being the smaller guy, people have wrote him off, but that's not how, you know, how we operate here. So, you know, Wendell offensively, you're going to see a lot of the same. Um, you know, he's obviously got an excellent range. He's done a, a better job of getting inside the defense and making plays for himself and for others. Uh, but he needs to understand, obviously, when we talk about this all the time, is, you know, when he's in ball screen, he's going to get blitzed and he's going to get tackled and they're going to try and disrupt him with physicality and he's got to play through that physicality. So, you know, I think he's ready to do that. Um, but, you know, defenses are going to be a little different on him this year. Uh, early in the year last year, teams weren't doing that as much, so he was able to get free and make plays. Um, he's going to have to give it up a little bit more early, I think, for him to get it later in the game because we have bigs and that are able to make plays out of ball screen. So if Wendell, you know, decides to get off of it, those guys can catch it and make plays with the ball. Uh, he doesn't have to rely on himself as much to make those plays. Um, so, I mean, you know, defensively, uh, you know, Wendell obviously – uh, it's got to continue to, to, to grow in that area just because, you know, if we do do some switching, they're going to try and post them up and make plays. But Wendell, he brings a calmness to our team because he has that poise and he, he has that experience uh, of, of playing in a lot of meaningful basketball over the last two years. So when he's on the floor, our guys feel at ease. Um, he's got the ability to have 10 assists every single game if he really wanted to, you know. Uh, but he's such a really he's such a good, you know, he's such a good scorer that you can't take that away from him either. You know, we had games last year where we'd go on these ridiculous runs and Wendell's just, you know, like you said, shooting all these crazy shots, but they're going in. You know, they call him logo win for a reason because that's mm -hmm. where his comfort zone is, is shooting that far behind behind the arc. So, you know, I, I look for Wendell to continue to be a leader with this group um, and obviously lead by example. And, you know, we'll go as far as he goes. Right. Our point guards are obviously a big part of what we do. And you, you touched on that a little bit. Um, over the last couple of years. And, you know, when our point guards have good years, Jared, Javon, you know, when those guys have good years, our teams tend to be a little more successful. And uh, we look forward for, for that to happen a little more this year too. Yeah, I think back to that game in Tuscaloosa last year. Jabari had a really good game, but but Wendell was phenomenal. I mean, some of the plays he made in that game, you know, running the, running the floor, some of the threes he hit yeah. were incredible. Um, that game in Tuscaloosa. Um, I had somebody, I remember somebody was at that game, uh, texted me as an Alabama fan texted me and was like that he's like that dude's unstoppable yeah um, he was so good yeah when he plays with confidence and he's he's a confident kid yeah. I mean when he's got that swagger and that and that and that step and that and that confidence going if he sees one go in like that's that's gonna be a problem for the other team right 
Uh, it's when he's not making shots, what else can he do on the floor? And Wendell is capable when he's not making shots of still being equally as effective in other ways. And if he continues to do that, you know, we'll be a really good team. But like you said, like if Wendell's making shots, we're going to be really tough to beat. And, um, you know, obviously we look for him to do that this year. Um, I think everybody's favorite player to talk about is KD Johnson. Have you ever played or coached with somebody like KD? I mean, playing at Tennessee, I mean, just is there – that dude is a unique cat. I mean, have you ever played or coached with somebody like him? Not at that level. No, I mean, he's he's uh, he's one of a kind for sure. Um, Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It, his, his enthusiasm, his passion, his energy, you know, it's all just contagious. And I mean, we talk about this all the time amongst our staff, but like Jabari. You know, Jabari wasn't an overly emotional player in high school. You know, he, he was obviously very competitive. He was very tough. Like he wanted to win. But you saw last year, KD pulled something out of Jabari that we didn't we we knew it was there, but we didn't know it was going to come out that quickly. Jabari, you know, played with a little bit of a, a chip on his shoulder, and he played with a little more emotion because he saw KD doing it right. And I think that's what KD brings to this team. And um, you know, he, he's crazy, but you know, it, it's good for us and it works. And you know, KD won us you know some really big road games last year when he just put his head down, got to the rim, and made plays. And, um, you know, by the same token, you know, uh, obviously Katie's got to keep that energy in a positive way, right? Because when Katie gets down on himself, that can be contagious sometimes. And that's something that you have to grow through with, with guys like that, that are, that are highly emotional. Most of the time it's all really good, but sometimes Katie's so hard on himself because Katie wants to win so bad that, you know, sometimes he, he, it, it turns into negative energy and Katie's does, has done a much better job of channeling that towards a positive direction and obviously we need Katie to continue to lead by example. And um, he's not one of those guys that, you know, when he's making shots, obviously he's really difficult to guard, but he's as good as anyone in the country of putting his head down, getting by his defender and, you know, at his size, finishing through contact and finishing over, over bigs. You know, he thinks he gets fouled every single time, but um, you know, he, uh, we, we, we don't call anything in practice and Katie gets really mad at us for that, but uh, it's because, you know, just to get him ready for the, for the SEC, um, but Katie, obviously, offensively is, is an explosive, dynamic player. But then defensively, uh, when he's able to make plays and get steals and get us out in transition is where, you know, there's a ton of value. Yeah. A couple of guys that that we get asked a lot about are Dylan Cardwell and, and uh, Chris Moore. Kind of unsung guys, I think, um, that continue to grow and develop. Um, Dylan Cardwell, to me, has come and, man, hit, 
the strides he's made over the last, I guess, two or three years is incredible. Uh, and yeah. he looks really good. And, and even Chris and, and the role he plays um, with this team, just talk about those two guys. And, you know, are there possibilities? Dylan, we know Dylan's going to play major minutes this year. Chris, we've heard, uh, you know, Bruce talk about Chris uh, a few times this past probably week or 10 days about him maybe having an opportunity to get in the lineup more. What, just what are those two guys that maybe are flying under the radar a little bit, I think, in terms of what they bring to the team and what could they what could they bring to the team this season, you think? Yeah, I think, you know, on, on all successful teams, there's got to be a few less is more guys, guys that really don't require touches for them to be effective. Dylan and Chris are both very, very effective in those roles. You know, Dylan, obviously, um, you know, if, if if Walker Kessler, you know, wasn't playing the minutes that he played, Dylan, as far as his blocks and, and his his presence defensively, was just as good in the minutes that he played. Walker just played a little bit more than Dylan did. So uh, Dylan was an unbelievable rim protector, you know, moves his feet as well as any big in the country. He can guard one through five. You look at that Alabama game at Alabama when he's yeah. switching on Quinterly, and just blocking his shot every time he shoots it because he's able to stay down, keep the ball in front. He's paying attention to the scouting report, knows what his move is, and then gets up and contests it and makes plays. Um, you know, great hands, uh, you know, an explosive dunker around the rim. One of the things that he's really worked on with Coach Flanagan this summer is, is his jump hooks and just having the confidence to get the ball in the post, be patient, obviously let the defense come to him take a couple dribbles and finish over that left shoulder. And that's something that he did a really good job of uh, and working on his game. He just got to apply it to the game now, you know, flies around crazy energy, you know, screaming at the crowd, going nuts, like all that stuff. Um, And that that's contagious, you know? So Dylan, obviously, um, but he doesn't require touches. He's going to play hard in his minutes out there and you don't need to give him the ball because he, he just wants to go out there, play defense, block shots, get offensive rebounds, get dunks off pick and rolls. You know, that that's, he's happy in that role and that's an effective role for us. And then Chris Moore, you know, Chris Moore last year, not being able to play last year as much, uh, you know, because one, he was injured for most of the year, had some issues with his shin and uh, playing behind, you know, Allen and, and Devin um, just wasn't healthy all year to really give it a go. But in practice, when he was healthy, he was killing our guys because he was just, you know, you, you saw it on the scout team. He would just put his head down and go dunk on everybody because he was pissed off. And that's the Chris that we're seeing right now. You know, Chris is an absolute monster on the offensive glass. You can't keep him off it. Um, he's going to go get, you know, he'll get two or three offensive rebounds every single game. Um, and then Chris obviously does a great job of, you know, getting out in transition, going to finish around the rim. He's pretty good off the bounce, getting to the rim and finishing. Um, but, you know, he's not going to be swayed by if he's getting play calls or not. He's just, he's out there just playing hard, uh, giving his all rebounding, doing all the little things that, you know, teams need to be successful. That's what Chris does. And I mean, Chris could easily see himself in the starting lineup uh, if he continues to, to do what he's been doing over the last few weeks. Yeah. I remember, uh, I remember one of those practices, man, Chris, yeah, you piss him off and you're like, who is this guy? He's an animal. Um, Let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the non-conference schedule a little bit. Um, I think you guys do a really good job um, of of past few years of scheduling really good quality competition. Um, you know, maybe you can't go out there and get Gonzaga, but you, but you've done a really good job of of really good quality competition tournament tournament type teams that prepare you for the SEC, but also kind of give you an opportunity to rack up some, some, some wins. Like it's a good, it's a good balancing act. And of course this year you've got um, some of those as well, Memphis. And, and then of course USC and Washington. 
Um, what do you make sort of of the non-conference schedule and, and how you think it might prepare you for, I think, Florida, which is the opener in, yeah. in league play? And this is probably in our in our ninth year. This will be our hardest non-conference schedule, you know, just by the numbers. Um, you know, we're going to be on the road um, at USC, at Washington, at West Virginia. So I think we're the only school in the country to play three road games against Power Five schools in the whole mm-hmm. country. So wow. and then and then on top of that, you add Memphis in a neutral in Atlanta. We got a St. Louis team. It's probably the best St. Louis team they've had in years. Uh, it's an NCAA tournament team. Um, you know, so, and then obviously, you know, we always do a really good job, Coach Burgo and, and BP. We always find mid-majors that are going to be, you know, the best in their league. You know, George Mason is going to be really good in the A-10 this year. Uh, Winthrop will be really good in their conference. Like schools like that, that have had a success, you know, rate of being, you know, good in their conferences, that'll test us. And they all have good numbers. So our net number at the end of the year is always going to be really good because we're playing quality non-conference opponents they may not be the sexiest names, but, you know, a lot of the schools that play like the Gonzagas and the Dukes will also play a bunch of really bad teams, quad fours. We're, we're sticking in the quad one, two, and three range all of non-conference season because we know it's going to get us ready for our, our, our league play. And we know it's going to obviously help us in our NCAA tournament seating as the year goes on. So, and to be completely honest, no one wants to come here and play us. So yeah. it's hard to, it's hard to schedule teams when they don't want to come into Neville arena and obviously, you know, experience the jungle. So, um, yeah, we, we've done a really good job of being very strategic in who we play, uh, understanding that, you know, we need to get ready for conference play, but we also want to make sure our number at the end of the year is really good. Yeah, I think back to um, a couple of years ago when when Washington rolled in to, to Auburn as a top 25 team and just got obliterated. Yeah. Um, was that the, was that the Final Four team or the year after the Final, that was Final Four team? Yeah, yeah, Final Four team. Um, and just whew, that was a that was a bad trip. So they'll, yeah. they'll probably be still remembering that one when you guys go there. Um, should be a, a good game. And I like the Memphis game in Atlanta. That should be a yeah. really fun game between I think Memphis fans and Auburn fans. There should be tons of them in Atlanta. That'll be a a fun one too. Auburn's never lost to Memphis in basketball. I think played them back. We played them back in the COVID year. Um, That that was obviously a game, but then having gone back to Atlanta last year and playing Nebraska and having the entire lower bowl filled with Auburn fans uh, was incredible. And it it felt like a home game. And, you know, this year, you know, hopefully to do the same, um, getting the Auburn fans to show out. And, uh, you know, obviously they made a huge difference in in us being able to to win that game. So hopefully it's, it's just good of an environment this year. Yeah. That's going to be a fun one. Um, all right, so I told our uh, board, I said, hey, I'm going to be talking to you. Let's toss out some questions if you've got any. Oh, boy. And I've got some here um, that I think might be pretty good. All right. Um, we'll roll through some of these. Um, the very first one says, uh, has to be a little weird beating Tennessee the way that you guys have. How does it feel as somebody who played at Tennessee but then – on the Auburn side, it's it's been really domination the last five or six years on the Auburn side. How and that is kind of interesting. Like you obviously have that tie to Tennessee, you played there, but I guess once you're a coach, man, it's it's being a pro and it's coaching your guys. But how do you how has it been sort of flipping that switch? If people like have a hard time understanding this. Even my friends who I went to school with at Tennessee, like people got to understand that Tennessee fired BP. So like you know, while I have no love lost for the Tennessee fans, and you know they're some of the best fans in the country. Um, I don't like Tennessee. I don't, you know, well, obviously coach made mistakes, um, you know, uh, and uh, obviously paid for those mistakes. You know, he had a barbecue. I mean, you could buy a barbecue restaurant for one of your recruits now or, or the NIL program could do that, you know, and it's like, 
so like for for him to get fired for for that was you know obviously uh you gotta learn from your mistakes and you can't you can't lie um we understand that but at the end of the day like you know there's some bad blood there with me at least um so beating tennessee like you know that's one of my favorite games of the year one because they're an incredible program coach barnes has done an amazing job there uh building it up to where it's at they're going to be you know they may be the best team in our league this year honestly um, and he's done a great job bringing in great talent and obviously continue to be successful. But for me to not say I don't enjoy beating Tennessee more than anyone in our league would, would be a lie. And I'm just, you know, I'm not going to do that. So, um, the, you know, there's no love lost, but at the end of the day, uh, it's a personal game for, for me, for me, um, you know, coach won't say that, but, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's been, a, it's been a fun rivalry. And obviously, like you said, we've, we've had some success against them over the last couple of years. We lost there last year, but I think we'd won six straight leading up to that game. So uh, it's been a great rivalry and, you know, obviously, uh, but no, it's, it's, it's not hard for me to, to coach our guys. And obviously, you know, I'm an Auburn man now. You know, I went to school at Tennessee, but this is where my, my faith or, you know, my, my, my loyalties lie for sure. Yeah. And, and some of those just straight up took led Auburn to championships and, and denied Tennessee of championships. I mean, they've been some yeah. impactful wins on the Auburn no, no. side. No. Um of the guys returning, who's made the biggest jump in the offseason? And you can name a couple if you don't want to single anybody out, but who are maybe one or two guys um, for whatever reason, maybe physically, shooting, whatever it might be, leadership, that, have, that you've just seen make really nice jumps from last season? I mean, the two guys we just talked about, Dylan and Chris, both have made great strides in, in their games and just their impact. You know, Wendell and KD both did a great job this summer of really working on their bodies and cutting down and, you know, being, you know, turning into quicker uh, guards. And, um, you know, I mean, those are probably some of the guys that, that really stand out. Our guys did a really good job all summer of working hard and spent a lot of time together in the gym. Obviously the Israel trip was great for our team. Um, you know, but I think, uh, you know, our culture's always been that way and, you know, all of our guys have done a pretty good job of continuing to improve on their games. But I think Dylan and Chris to me stand out as far as guys that really have taken that next step, uh, to uh, to further their game. Um, obviously, three point shooting is a big part of what you guys do. You know, we saw as uh, towards the end of last year, shooting. You know, the, the Texas A and M game, the shooting struggled, and Miami, the shooting struggled. And um, how, how do you how do you address that? You have similar talent, but like you know, Yuan's a pretty good shooter, Chance a pretty good shooter. But um, is it just hey, get in the gym and take more shots? Are there schematic things that you can do to try to? get you know maybe like zepp's a better spot up shooter hey how do we get him more opportunities like what can you do to address the shooting and try to create more consistency there throughout the year yeah i just think it's you know you know speaking of zepp like zepp's probably shooting it as well as anybody on our team right now so we got to get him more uh but at the end of the day it's going to be about guys you know and their percentages and those guys that have good percentages are going to get the, the open shots we this team probably will not shoot as many threes as last year's team did um, you know, I think, I don't know, I don't know if we averaged like 25 or 30 attempts a year or a game last year, we'll probably be more in like the, the 20 range this year, just because we have more ability to get the ball inside and, and score inside. So, but it's a confidence thing. Um, uh, you know, we work on it every single day. We work on, you know, we work on shooting drills, uh, when they're tired to try and make shots when they're tired. We work on shooting drills in the beginning of practice when they're fresh. So it's not from a lack of, of us not working on it. I think at the end of the day, it's just guys finding their spots in the offense and then getting open, good looks. And then obviously if they see a few go in, obviously they'll have the confidence to keep that going. But 
Um, you know, you're right. Last year, early in the year, we were shooting it really well. At the end of the year, we just kind of hit a slump right there and just didn't shoot it well. And I think that's a big part of why, you know, we didn't continue the success that we had in January and February. So something that we definitely have addressed and, and made, you know, made our put, you know, put our guys on notice, like guys that are obviously shooting above this mark, will continue to get shots. The other guys probably need to pack it up and, and not look for, for that three ball as much. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty interesting question. Um, are there any things that uh, that Bruce does as a coach that didn't make sense when you were a player, but make more sense now that you're on the coaching side of things? That's deep. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a good one. Maybe you're like, well, I'm not quite sure, but then you start coaching it, and you're like, okay, whether you know, maybe it's the concept or whatever it is. Like, okay, I now I see why that's so important. I'm sure you see it from players now. They maybe don't get why it's you know, there's there's some point where it clicks the why it's one thing like i'm supposed to go here but why am i going here and then when they figure that out you're like oh okay i think the biggest thing that i've kind of learned is the intensity at which he coaches with and it doesn't matter if it's when we're playing in a scrimmage against the scout team or playing in a against a bad team or if we're up 30 like he's still coaching as if he's coaching in the game to go to the final four like he has the same intensity the same energy because if he doesn't have that same intensity, our guys aren't. And as a player, I'd always be like, why is he going nuts right now? We're up 25 points. You know, we're, we're killing him. Like, what do you, like, why is he acting like this? Because he doesn't, he doesn't ever change. And as a player, I didn't understand that because, you know, you would think that you'd let the gas up a little bit, but no, that's just not how he operates. That's never how he's operated. So now there's a level of consistency. You understand, like, it doesn't matter at what point in this game we're in, we could be down 20. He's still going to be coaching hard. Um, because that's just how he's wired and that's how he's always been. So as a player, I didn't get that. But now as a coach, seeing it from his perspective, I understand why he does it. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and, and, and one we've, I think we've all seen firsthand. Um, how about this one? Um, for you as somebody that's, 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 that's obviously learning and growing in the, in the coaching ranks, um, what are your goals? I mean, do you have aspirations to be a head coach? Um, are you just kind of enjoying where you're at now and, and learning it at Auburn and coaching with your dad and, and you'll sort of see what the future holds? You know, what, how are you kind of approaching, I guess, where you are in your career um, at, at Auburn and what you got going on right now? Yeah, I think for me, Justin, I'm in a great spot. Um, you know, obviously being able to work with, with my, with my pops, um, being to work, being able to work at Auburn, being a, an assistant coach at the high major level, like this is an amazing spot for me. Um, you know, also while understanding with success, there comes opportunity and, you know, there's been a few things out there over the past couple of years that I've looked at, but it just didn't, you know, it didn't make sense, um, for, for the position I'm in. I finally got my, you know, I'm married now. I got my wife down here and we've been down here for a couple of years. So that was a, that was a tough recruiting pitch, but, uh, she loves it down here now. So I, I'm in no rush, you know, I'm continuing to obviously learn every single day what we're, you know, what, what we do. Um, you know, I try and learn from other coaches throughout the summer to try and build on what I do. Um, but, you know, obviously the, the ultimate goal is to be a head coach one day. If an opportunity comes up at another school over the next couple of years that just makes sense, then I think I would jump at it. You know, would I love to, you know, stay here and ride this thing out and try and be the head coach here one day if, if the opportunity presents itself? Of course. But that's obviously, you know, that's that's way down the road and that, that's a really difficult thing to do. Um, you know, my dream would definitely be to, to coach here one day, but at the, at the same time, you know, I got to look at other opportunities that are out there, but right now I'm really just enjoying the role I'm in. I'm enjoying this team. Uh, it's been really fun to be able to build Auburn basketball to where it's at. And I mean, 
I feel like, you know, I've been a big part of that because I've been here since the beginning with coach. And obviously I want to continue to build on that. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we've been back to the, we've been to the final four. We want to get back. So, uh, and give ourselves another chance to win a national championship. So that's kind of what we've, we've always been dreaming of doing. And right now I'm just enjoying what I'm doing and just being open to any opportunities that, that could come up in the future, but trying to stay focused on, on the task at hand for sure. Yeah. And you have such a good staff um, in terms of just cohesion and, 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 you know, it doesn't seem like there's, it seems like a kind of staff, whether it's Ira and Wes and Chad and Burgo and, you know, the list goes on. It's like, um, I think everybody just, there's no mincing words. You can all like, it just, to me, it, it comes off in recruiting. It comes off in game planning and the consistency of the past few years. Um, you know, it's, it, you, you see a good staff, you know, it, it comes out the way you guys play. I think it's, I think that's been huge for, for I think, this this continuity, right? I think it speaks to just, you know, Auburn. Uh, we've had the same staff for the past five years. The only movement there's been is, like, the GAs because they're only able to be here for a year or two. So it speaks to, you know, one, the culture that we've built here at Auburn. Two, like, the closeness of our staff, the cohesion of our staff. Um, but three, just everyone's, you know, everyone's happy. Um, Auburn's taking great care of us. Our families love it here. Um, you know, we love coaching here. We love winning here. And that's, that speaks a lot of volumes about the, you know, the Auburn family, because you look at college basketball, the landscape of assistant coaches and staffs, people are moving every single year to try and get that next job. Uh, and our guys have all wanted to stay and continue to grow and, uh, you know, continue to build on this. Um, I guess we'll, uh, we'll kind of get out of here on this and that's just, um, I guess what what this team, you know, BP said something interesting the other day. He said um, expectations might change in terms of, hey, maybe what fans should – not every team you can't write like Jabari's – okay, that we – I mean, he was saying last year this team can make the Final Four. I mean, he mm-hmm. said that. He hadn't said that about this team, but he said, hey, I like my team. He said those kind of things. But he said the goals remain the same, but the expectations might change a little bit. Um, and I remember asking – even asking Janai about this, like, hey – how do you come into a program? How has it been sort of coming into a program? You're a big time transfer, but you're coming into a program that's the defending conference champions. That's the expert. That's the standard now. Yeah. Um, how has that been the last couple of years with some of the newcomers that come in and, and the standards like, hey, we we won the league last year. That's the standard. Like we're not dropping off. OK, Jabari's gone, but, you know, we're picked fourth in the league. That doesn't matter. We're, we're trying to win a championship. How? How does I guess how's that sort of championship standard kind of taken over the program the last the last two three years? I mean that's kind of what they're recruited on. You know they come here understanding that they have a chance. You know you, you look at coach's record in the SEC since he's been here. I think half the seasons that he's coached in the SEC has won a championship. Mm-hmm. So they understand that coming here means that we are expecting to compete and win a championship. You know at least every other year, and that's what we're trying to do. Um, you know, understanding it's not easy. It's, it's really hard in this league to win, you know, to win an SEC regular season championship. That's the hardest. I mean, that's that may be harder than going to a final four because you have to win four games and get hot. You got to play 18 grueling games against teams that know everything that you're doing. And, you know, and, and to win that league is an amazing accomplishment. So uh, in, in the recruiting process, though, that's, that's what they're told. That's, that's what we talk about. That's that's very apparent that that's important to us. And that's what they want to be a part of. So. Um, you know, and you, you talk back to last year and like coach talking about the final four, trust me at the beginning of the year, he was not saying that, you know, when we, when we almost lost to South Florida, he thought we sucked. So, um, you know, obviously as the season goes on, things change, you know, um, the, you know, the year we went to the final four, you know, we're, we're at, uh, we're playing at Georgia and we're like 18 and nine 
or something. And coach is like, how does this team won 18 games? Like, you know, we're just really struggling right now. And then we, we rack off 10 straight in a row, win an SEC championship, go to a final four. So like you said, things change throughout the season, but that's the beauty of, of college basketball is, you know, teams can get better throughout the year and teams are able to, you know, obviously improve and make runs. And that, that's the beauty of it. So the biggest thing for us, thing, thing we talk about all the time is how can we continue to get better every single day? And if we can continue to do that, which I think we've done a pretty good job of so far, um, you know, we'll continue to have success and hopefully continue to, to, to obviously get some rings and raise some banners. Yeah, it's going to be a another fun season of, uh, of Auburn basketball, no doubt about it. Um, a week away, a week away from uh, George Mason, I guess a little over a week away, I guess sort of a week away from um, exhibition against Alabama yeah. Huntsville, and then George Mason comes in and the season's, and the season's going, man. Season's, right. season's going. Um, well, I appreciate you joining us, man. Anything you want to leave the fans with as they're kind of – I know they're itching for, for basketball. I know they're itching to get back inside Neville Arena. Um, what's kind of your, I guess, your message to them a week out in terms of, um, you know, just get back in there, getting excited, welcome them back in, welcome, welcoming them back in the arena, things like that. Yeah, I mean, just obviously keep doing what you're doing, keep supporting this team, these players. Um, it's the reason why they came here is because, you know, Neville Arena and the jungle and the support we've gotten over the past couple of years has been second to none. So continue to do that. Uh, continue to travel to road games. You know, I think the biggest thing with this group, just, you know, stay patient. This is a group that I think can continue to get better throughout the year because there are so many pieces and these guys are, have been competing all summer long to try and niche out their roles. And, um, you know, it's a great group of kids. You know, this group loves Auburn. Uh, they're going to play their, their hearts out for, for you guys. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we, we couldn't do this without you. So just continue to support, continue to love on this team, these kids. And uh, we're really excited about, you know, November, uh, November 2nd and November 7th. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, man. Appreciate you joining us. Awesome. Hope. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, we'll, we'll get this going uh, again here soon once we get into the season. Thanks for everybody listening. AuburnLive.com. Go subscribe. 50% off for a little bit more time. We'll see how long they, uh, they roll with that. Appreciate everybody joining us. We'll catch you next time. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.